Hello there. This is Benny. And this is Kyle. And you're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. About and Doctor I It podcast tell the watch where who you. Did you get all that, listeners? <laughs> <laughs> Puzzle for our listeners today. If you rearrange those words, you might come up with a phrase describing our podcast. Hey, uh, I think if you've been listening to more than just this one episode, <laughs> you might already have an idea of what Kyle might have said. <laughs> well, I wonder if this will be a cipher heavy episode or maybe just include a cipher guess we'll find out <laughs> cool so before we begin um one thing i wanted to say was that we we mentioned earlier in this serial that um we've been watching strange new worlds and uh we recently had the season two finale and it was really good. This whole season, I thought, was really, yeah. really good. So, Strange New Worlds, highly recommended. It, it was indeed. I would agree and second that recommendation. A lot of fun. Great show. It might be my favorite show of the new treks, but that's hard to say because Lower Decks is also really good. Yeah, and uh, I mean, my, my... I don't know if this is going to even count as a complaint, but my sadness about these new treks is always that the seasons are always so short mm -hmm. I, I would love it if uh, we could have more than 10 episodes a season for strange new worlds i want to get yeah, to know totally. these characters or even you know in some cases these versions of these characters i want to get to know them better um but but maybe you know the fact that they're only 10 episodes means that they have higher budget per episode which is why they look so gorgeous and cinematic, um, and they certainly do that. So I don't know. Who knows? Um, but love it. Great show. Great, yeah. great show. I will also say it's been a little while since we've mentioned this, but at a time of recording, and I'll be honest, I suspect probably time that you listen to this episode or time this episode is released the WGA and SAG after strikes are still going on yeah. and we still support the laborers and the workers and we still think that they should get paid and compensated fairly for their work. We sure and do. I fucking hope that that happens soon so we can get our next season of Strange New Worlds without too much of a delay. But even if it doesn't, we will continue to support the workers. Um, it's yeah. true. My desire to support the workers is stronger than my desire for more Strange New Worlds. Indeed. And we all know that the producers are hoping that the longer the strike goes on, the more fans will turn against the, the actors and the writers because fans want to have more more shows. Um and although we do want more shows, uh, we don't want them if it means that the actors and writers are not being paid fairly. So yeah. we, we want new shows in which the actors and writers get what they deserve. And if we can't have that, then we support the strike because that's what it's for. Yep, we'll keep watching old shows. That too. Plenty of those can catch up on uh, all the other Star Treks. 
<laughs> Kyle's already seen, I think, every episode, every classic episode of Star Trek at least twice now. Um, um, I've only watched Enterprise once. That's plenty for Enterprise. And probably some <laughs> of TOS I've only seen once. But uh, You're slacking, Kyle. It's true. What about TAS? Uh, I have seen TAS all at least twice. You've seen TAS more often than TOS? <laughs> <laughs> well... That's a choice. <laughs> uh, I support you, Kyle, you weirdo. <laughs> uh, TAS is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. That's true. That's true. Um, cool. Cool, cool. Well, uh, did you have any other notes before we get into uh, today's episode? Um, no, I think I'm ready to get into the 12th episode of this serial. And pro- possibly final episode of this excruciatingly long serial. <laughs> <laughs> it's the twenty-first episode of the season, mm-hmm. which is just now occurring to me that at this point, this serial has taken up more than half of the season so far. Dang. Uh, episode is destruction of time. Yeah, I mean, as much as I can, I can complain about this uh, being a long serial. At least it has some good titles. Yeah, it has given us a lot of good titles. And some good classic cheesy sci-fi. Yeah. So, Kyle, um, the listeners who have done their math, I suspect already know, but could you tell us, please, <laughs> how did you watch it? So, this was, as you might have guessed, another reconstruction. Yep. I will mention that as episode 12... We are completing another quartet of episodes, so if the serial does not end here, if we continue for four more episodes, then we should have another non-missing one in there somewhere. All right. Well, uh, as much as I like Daleks, I hope that's not the case. (laughs) I'm ready for something new. Uh, I think Kemble and Mavic Chen and all these guys uh, ready ready to to move on from them. Um, Yeah. The one thing I hope that we don't move on from is Sarah Kingdom, because I quite like her. I hope that she comes along, becomes a companion, Um, but we'll see. Would you remind us of our Cliff Dangler? Uh, The Cliff Dangler is that um, the Daleks plan on killing the Dalek Master Plan Club and our heroes, and the Doctor is MIA, although we strongly suspect... I don't think we've looked it up, but uh, we strongly suspect it's because William Hartnell was on vacation. <laughs> so, uh, as far as we know, he hasn't been captured or anything, but uh-huh. <laughs> I think in, in world, he's just kind of wandering around the planet. <laughs> right, and of course, Mavic Chen, we thought for a moment, was dead. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. turns out he's not, and... Yeah, he's still determined to become the ruler of the galaxy. Um, We're pretty sure he's not going to pull that off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh So he's forcing Steven and Sarah to lead the way into the super secret Dalek underground head queue. Yes. Steven, of course, protests against this. 
and the three of them have a discussion in which Stara Kinglor tells Mavic Chen that they're looking for the doctor. Chen's like asking, you know, where's the doctor, blah, blah, blah. So they tell him that they're looking for him, but Chen clearly doesn't believe this. He thinks that the doctor is trying to usurp Chen's position with the Daleks. Because the doctor wants to control the galaxy. Uh-huh. That'd be cool. Steven's basically just like, no, dude, fuck the Daleks. That's what the doctor always says. Yep, it is. We've heard him say it many times. <laughs> it, it's implied. It's, just, it's between scenes. Uh-huh. Chen's not convinced, though. He continues forcing Sterry Kingler down the hallway into the super-secret underground Dalek mountain head queue. Cool. I mean, that's where they were going anyway. Um, I think they'd prefer not to be at laser gunpoint, but... Yeah. yeah. I mean... They'll probably overhear the Daleks talking about how they're going to kill Mavic Chen any second now. Yeah. And uh, then we'll see. We cut over to main central control in the super secret underground Dalek mountain head queue. Very cool. We get just a brief interlude here where we learn three things. We learn that 5,000 assault Daleks are ready to go. Excellent. <laughs> the Time Destructor will be in the lead ship. Cool. And Mavic Chen and Stara Kingalor have already been taken prisoner by the Daleks and are being escorted to main central control. Huh. Chen, of course, is not happy with this turn of events. He tells the Dalek who has taken them prisoner that he doesn't need its assistance in escorting them to the Dalek Supreme. <laughs> the Dalek's like, I was not assisting you, you <laughs> dumbass. Basically, uh... <laughs> it's, it's quite all right, you know? It's very kind of you to, to help me out, but... <laughs> uh, he makes a check-in with Central Control on its orders and, like, verify and whatever. And it's like... Okay, cool. New orders. You are to escort the prisoners to the Dalek Supreme. Cool. Excellent. Uh -huh. Let's get that show down and let's wrap up this serial. Chen's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like... But yeah. Yeah. He's like, sweet, cool. He pulls his gun on Stara Kingler again and makes him start walking. <laughs> uh, again, I, I gotta give him... Kudos for style. <laughs> like, he's, he's really... I don't know if he's in denial. I don't know if he's just trying to, you know, play the angles or, or what. But he's, he's certainly got style. <laughs> the Dalek waits until the three of them, Chen and Sarah and Steven, are a little ways away. Then it kind of turns to its Dalek buddy and says but we are still to assist him asshole <laughs> uh, yeah. we cut to the main central control Chen has just arrived with Stara Kingler once again I Mavic Chen guardian of the solar system have helped the Daleks with the conquest 
Oh man, this guy. And and I, 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 there's a part of me that admires how even after he's completely sold out the solar system and failed as its guardian in the <laughs> most thorough way possible, he'll uh-huh. still use that title. It's a good title. <laughs> it's and on like, his resume. I mean, yeah, technically he hasn't been fired yet. So <laughs> it's true. The Black Dalek is basically just like, okay, thanks, bye. Nice. Chen's like, what the fuck? I've saved your Dalek asses a bunch of times, and now you're just dumping me? Yeah. Yeah, come on, buddy. Yeah. Uh, they've, been, they've been trying <laughs> to, to, to dump you for, like, an episode and a half now. Yeah. He insists that he's in charge. He tells the Dalek Supreme that it should tell the rest of the Daleks that he's in charge. And yeah, okay. the Black Dalek just, like, sits there doing and saying nothing oh ice cold power move right there yeah chen starts ordering daleks around (laughs) he won't let that stop him (laughs) uh they all just sit there doing and saying nothing until the black dalek orders him to be exterminated but take him off camera out of this set to do it Okay, well, uh, bye, Mamek Chen. <laughs> this is, um, although this won't be the first time that he dies, so uh-huh. we'll see. Do not fire in here! You will damage us and stop of the control! <laughs> and, uh, meanwhile, uh, Sarah and Stephen are kind of exchanging glances like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Chen actually escapes. He, I guess, oh, man, this guy. rolls well, so... He escapes and runs off before the Daleks are able to escort him out of the room. So a bunch of Daleks start chasing after him, while the Black Dalek reminds them to only film negativize him in a safe area. Yeah, I think uh, Mavic Chen also heard that they won't be firing in that room and knew that this was the best place to stage an escape. Yeah, totally. It seems in all this confusion and excitement over Mavic Chen that the Daleks kind of forget about Sarah Kingler. Nice. And while the two of them are not being noticed or paid attention to, the Doctor appears and gives Stephen the TARDIS key. Well, uh, good to see him again. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Good to see the Doctor on Doctor Who. Apparently, he followed a Dalek to the super-secret underground mountain head queue and has just been, like, in hiding this whole time, I guess. Sure. That's a nice tan you got there, Doctor, from all that time (laughs) hiding. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Underground. Yep. He confirms with Steven that Steven still has the power impulse compass that the Doctor gave to him earlier in the serial and he tells Stara Kingler to follow bearing 627 on the compass to the TARDIS cool I mean I think our heroes know where the TARDIS is but uh, <laughs> or maybe they're deep enough in the base that they do need a compass to find their way out yeah cool. it could cool, be cool 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 and we like this uh, what is it impulse compass we like it anyway so any excuse to use it is a good one I think yeah Seems like the doctor's not going to go with them, though. He's telling them to go while he is going to go activate the time destructor himself. Sure. Uh, 
Just uh, not to be careful there, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. We get a brief scene with the Daleks who were chasing Mavic Chen, and I have to retract my earlier joke. He does not get exterminated off camera. Uh, does that mean he gets exterminated on camera? <laughs> <laughs> it does indeed. Well, uh, I can uh, repeat what I said earlier in the previous episode. Rip to Mavic Chen. They do the deed film negativization style in an empty <laughs> corridor <laughs> where there's not valuable equipment anywhere. Not, 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 not sure how I feel about that choice of wording there, Kyle. Uh, my, uh, my overactive imagination sort of... Um, well, all right, let's, let's, let's move on. <laughs> so I'm not sure if I'm going to drop this audio in or not because it wasn't great to listen to. It wasn't good quality. <laughs> but I do want to note that his last words are... You cannot kill me. Cool to the end. Uh huh. Yeah, style right to the end. And or was in denial. Yeah, like a, a few scenes ago, he was claiming to be immortal. <laughs> is it style or is he in denial? <laughs> <laughs> cut over to the Dalek control center where the doctor has successfully activated the time destructor. So the large asterisk has started glowing and humming. Well, um, very cool, but uh, (laughs) I guess we'll see uh, what his long-term plan is for this. Uh Uh-huh. Stara Kingler is there too, which surprised me because I thought that the doctor was trying to split the party again. Yeah, and uh, honestly, while we're normally against splitting the party, it seems like maybe this was a good time to do it. Uh Uh-huh. The Black Dalek arrives at the control center with a few other Daleks, but the Black Dalek orders the other Daleks not to fire. No, you cannot fire, can you? You dare not! But you would totally destroy your equipment. I think it is checkmate. <laughs> Send one of your Daleks over here. Remember, the time destructor is working, working slowly. And if you disobey me, I can accelerate it. And one of the Daleks is like, Actually, I am a very good shot. (laughs) Look, my gun arm has a narrow beam setting. I scored really high on my last shooting range thing that Kyle doesn't know the lingo for. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a Dalek thing, so you can call it whatever you want. Yeah. The Black Dalek orders one of the Daleks to obey the doctor and, like, head over there. So it heads over, and the doctor basically has Stephen and Sarah use this Dalek as a shield to, like, allow them to exit the room. (laughs) Oh, that worked out. Uh Uh-huh. 
he tells them to run back to the TARDIS, which they start to do, but Sarah stops. She doesn't want to leave the Doctor behind, and she's worried that if whatever the Doctor is doing goes wrong, then everything's just going to be totally fucked, and they will have failed forever. There's always that possibility. Uh Uh-huh. Stephen basically says that, like, he gets it, he understands what she's saying, but the doctor is doing what he thinks is best, and Stephen doesn't think that there's anything he or Sarah can do to help, because basically if there was, the doctor would have, like, asked them to do it. Not necessarily. (laughs) That would mean admitting that there's something the doctor needs from them that he can't do himself, and... uh, (laughs) Knowing the doctor, that is not a guarantee. Yeah, that's a that's true. He does not always make that admission. Indeed. We cut back to the control center, where the doctor has managed to get out of the room himself somehow. He closes the door behind him. He breaks the door opening mechanism. So the Daleks are now trapped in the room. Very cool. And he runs into Sarah in the hallway. And he's like, no, we're, we're good. Let's, let's, let's keep going. <laughs> uh-huh. Apparently she ditched Stephen and came to help the doctor. Oh, that's good of her. He explains to her that the time destructor, which he is still carrying with him, is working slowly and with a small range for now, but basically she should let him know if she starts feeling weird. Oh boy. You know, when you said that he left the room and he locked the Daleks in, I was like, I just assumed that he had left the time destructor in there with them and that when it went off, it was just going to take them all out. Uh huh. Uh, Cause it seemed like that would make the most sense, but yeah, that does seem like it would have been a good plan. I guess he brought it with him. The doctor <laughs> likes his gadgets. Uh-huh. Even the, the doomsday devices that are actively counting down. <laughs> You're listening to The Doctor's Watcher. If you enjoy our show, please leave us a five-star review and tell a friend. We appreciate you, listener. You can reach us by tweeting at Dr. Watcher or emailing thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. And now, back to the episode. We cut over to Stephen, and he's realizing that Sarah left him. He calls for her a few times and, you know, looks kind of unsure of what to do. And then we cut back to Sarah and the doctor as they exit the super secret underground mountain head queue. And Sarah comments on the wind and how it's never been like this on Kemble before. Hmm. And the doctor thinks that maybe the time destructor is starting to have an effect on the local elements. Is that how time destruction works? <laughs> Apparently. Okay. Sarah's like, well, fucking destroy the time destructor then. But 
apparently that's not an option. Like once the time destructor has started, it's just going to keep going until the terranium runs out. Yeah, I'm not sure about this plan here, Doctor. Yeah. The Doctor basically says that their only hope is to get it to the TARDIS, where maybe he can neutralize it. Alrighty. <laughs> I feel like some of this might have been slightly predictable, but uh-huh. uh, sure. We start cutting around a little bit. We see that the Daleks have fixed the control center door, so they're going to go start looking for the Doctor now and try to get the Time Destructor back. We also see that Steven has made it safely back to the TARDIS. Of course, the Doctor gave him the TARDIS key so he's able to get inside and everything. Cool, cool. And then we cut back to Sarah and the Doctor where we see that the wind has been getting like stronger and stronger and Sarah has started getting old and weak. Oh, dang. The doctor's like, uh, I think you're getting old. And she's like, You think I don't know? Oh. I, uh, I'm a little, hmm. I was like, I was really hoping she would make it out of this serial and into at least part of one more serial. Yeah. I think that we were saying that that's really helpful in order to be considered a uh, a full companion, but I don't know. Maybe maybe the effects can be reversed, but signs don't look good. Steven turns the TARDIS's scanner on, but he can't really see anything on it. It's like, you know, basically the winds are too high. It's like a huge storm out there and he can't make anything out. Meanwhile, the Dalek Pursuit group is rolling through the jungle as the plants around them are, like, withering and dying. Nice. And Sarah and the Doctor are slowing down as they make their way back to the TARDIS. They're both getting weaker, and Sarah's getting, like, visibly older and older. Yeah, I feel like it's a shame that we don't have this episode because yeah. these effects would be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Eventually, the Doctor collapses, falls to the ground. He drops the Time Destructor, which kind of like rolls off into the underbrush. And Loose Cannon crossfades us from this image of the Time Destructor in the underbrush to an image of the Time Destructor in the same position, but just in, like, sand and dust. Oh, interesting, because all the plants around it have turned to dust. Uh Uh-huh. Sarah is, like, super old at this point, and she also collapses to the ground. She seems unable to go any further. Dang. And... About this time, things have finally cleared up enough that Stephen is able to see them both on the scanner, so he rushes out to try to help them. Excuse me, uh, madam, have you seen Sarah around here? She looks (laughs) a bit like you, but young and hot. 
like old and gross. Uh-huh. She's like, fuck you, Steven. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sarah, it's you. <laughs> so he first notices that the TARDIS is basically like in the desert now instead of in the jungle. He sees the doctor's body and then he sees the actual time destructor itself, which is still glowing and humming. He kind of messes with the time destructor. He's trying to deactivate it, but of course he can't do that. And then he sees Sarah and he goes over to check on her, but it's too late. Not only is she dead, but she's not even really a corpse anymore. She's just like a pile of dust in a space security service uniform. Oh, dang. So he can't even like hold her to his chest. Yeah. Shedding mournful tears. He messes with the time destructor some more. Again, doesn't seem to do anything. And then he heads back to the doctor who is still flesh and blood, still alive, just like very weak, basically. Uh, I like the implication that the doctor is extraordinarily long lived Uh and or just naturally resistant to the effects of the time destructor. Yeah, it's unclear like which of the two is happening, but I also liked the implication that something weird is happening with the doctor. Yes, we always like implications that weird things are happening. <laughs> uh-huh. So Stephen helps the doctor up to his feet and basically has to, like, drag him back to the TARDIS, where he shuts the two of them safely inside the TARDIS. Okay. And once they're in, once the door's closed and the doctor has started, like, kind of regaining his strength and energy... The doctor realizes that Sarah is no longer with them. Stephen says that he was forcing his way through the jungle and, like, didn't even see her go when she left him. The doctor also tells Stephen that apparently Stephen did do something to the time destructor, he reversed it, and now time is racing back instead of rushing forward. And Stephen's this, like, teenager, and he's like, oh, I guess that explains the squeaky voice. (laughs) They remember that, like, Daleks were after them. Oh, yeah, that was a thing. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. They have a look at the TARDIS scanner, and they see the Daleks approaching, but they're approaching slowly. The Daleks find the time destructor and they try film negativizing it but that doesn't do anything okay well uh i feel like when you're a dalek most of your solutions seem to be similar Uh uh-huh and so up until this point it has seemed like the daleks were unaffected by the time destructor but now they do start being affected by it and What happens is basically that, like, their casings disappear and they get reduced to, like, blurry, tentacly things in the dust, in the dirt. 
Huh. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's a shame we don't have this episode because I feel like that would be a cool thing to see. Yeah. Eventually, the actual time destructor itself stops glowing and humming. And Stephen and the doctor exit the TARDIS at this point. Kemble is just totally fucked beyond recognition. There's like nothing but dust everywhere. And the burnt out time destructor sitting in the dust. Dang. Stephen says that he wishes Sarah could have seen the end. And the doctor agrees. Hello, Stephen. The one thing that Sarah lived for was to see the total destruction of the Daleks. Well, now it's all over. Without her help, this could never have been achieved. I like that he's giving her credit. Yeah, totally. I don't know if I'd say that was the one thing that she lived for, but <laughs> um, I'm sure that it was on her list. Yeah. I guess for like as long as the doctor knew her, it was. And as far for as like the doctor's concerned, that's the, the only past part of her life that's relevant. Uh-huh. The past few days or weeks or whatever. Yeah. The doctor finds one of these remains of a Dalek, like this tentacly thing in the dirt, and comments to Stephen about the millions of years of Dalek progress that the Time Destructor has erased. I guess this is like a the tentacly things like a Dalek embryo or something. Huh. That's kind of cool. Like this, this is all that remains. They have rid Kemble of the Daleks, and with this we can be guaranteed for sure that there will never again be Dalek troubles for the rest of Doctor Who. They've solved the Daleks. Oh, good. I mean, also darn, because I kind of like the Daleks, but from the, the hero's point of view and on their behalf, it's a relief knowing that I'll never have to face those dastardly Daleks again. Indeed. Stephen lists the three characters who died in this adventure. Brett, Katerina, remember her, and Sarah. <laughs> I guess he doesn't particularly care about Mavic Chen. <laughs> uh-huh. The doctor comments on what a waste it was. Yeah. And as the TARDIS dematerializes, the words, next episode, War of God, appear on screen. Nice. Well, I would I would think that was a crusade related one, but we've already had one of those, so Yeah, that's uh, true. I'm not quite sure what that refers to. Interesting. I mean, you know, the history of religion and the history of war are pretty closely interlinked, so uh Yeah. At least here on Earth. Um so I guess we'll see. I will say, you know, obviously there's a very popular video game called God of War. Yes. I haven't played myself, but it just, you know, being aware of it and its its place in our culture makes it a little bit difficult to say War of God correctly. Uh, Matilda can't even get it out. <laughs> she, she has to pronounce everything her own way. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, it never occurred to me that uh, if you take the, the protagonist of God of War, Kratos, and you reverse his name, War of God style, it becomes Socrates, which is what Bill and Ted <laughs> called Socrates. Nice. I've connected the dots, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it all makes sense. I've connected the two dots. You didn't connect shit, but... I've connected them. Well, cool. All right, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that was finally the end of our serial and our math was correct. Indeed, this was the end of the serial. All right, the Daleks master plan. And uh, would you recommend it to our beloved listeners? So, this is a long <laughs> boy. Yep. It is the second longest serial in all of Doctor Who. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. The only one that's longer is not until season 23. Okay, and well, <laughs> we'll see you then, listeners. Uh -huh. We'll remind you then. <laughs> that so don't one worry, you don't have to remember. That one, apparently, from what I've read online, is kind of one long serial, but it's also kind of four shorter serials. Huh. So this one might just be the longest. Interesting. Depending on how you count that one. Well, if we ever get there, um, <laughs> we'll find out what that means. Uh-huh. So the Dalek story is pretty fun and interesting, as yeah. Dalek stories tend to be. I liked The Return of the Monk. Yeah. But it was pretty obvious that the serial was stretched out much longer than originally intended. Yep. There's definitely a lot of filler in this. Yep. And... You know, I did like the return of the monk, but honestly, I might have preferred if the monk stuff was like pulled out and made into a separate serial. Yeah, it didn't really add much. I mean, as much as it was fun to see him, it, it was definitely part of that filler that you mentioned. Yeah, but you know, this serial is what it is, and what it is is seventy-five percent missing. Yep. So I think really my best viewing recommendation on this serial might be just go watch the three non-missing episodes. Well, I've already done one out of three. <laughs> uh -huh. I think I might have gotten the most fun one. Um, yeah. Yeah, you know, there's one non-missing episode per quartet, so you'll get a little bit of a taste of, like, each section of the story. Mm -hmm. You'll get to see Katarina in Day of Armageddon, You'll get to see the mice and the molecular dissemination chamber in Counterplot. Ripped and those mice. You get to see the monk in Escape Switch. And for the other nine episodes of the serial, I've got a podcast to recommend for you. It's this one, yeah. <laughs> well, cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I was partly doing the it's so long, you know, this this serial is so long as a bit, but it, got, it did get a little <laughs> long. Um, yeah, that's only and, only somewhat of a bit. Kind of looking forward to something new, but yeah. I'm genuinely sad to see Sarah Kingdom go. Genuinely hoped that she would become like an official actual companion and not just like yeah. for this one serial. Um, glad she got to ride in the TARDIS, unlike her brother Brett. One thing I wanted to mention in retrospect, having seen this whole serial now, is that, yes, we did briefly ship Brett with Sarah before we realized <laughs> the two of them were brother and sister. So, uh -huh. uh, I mean, we're not like doing anything George Lucas didn't do. So 
Yeah, I was about to say the exact same reference. Kind of like since <laughs> in 1977, watching the original Star Wars, some of us just didn't know. And uh, now that we do know, I'd like to retroactively go back and undo that <laughs> ship. <laughs> All right. So I do have Ooh. a final note for this episode, which is that I think I mentioned several episodes ago that the loose cannon reconstruction includes an interview with Gene Marsh who played uh-huh. Sarah kingdom. Uh huh. And I watched that. It was pretty fun and interesting. It was not clear exactly when the interview was filmed other than that. It was sometime after the end of classic doctor who and before the start of new who. Interesting. So it was like, you know, decades after the serial was filmed. So she's like, if they ever do Doctor Who again. <laughs> yeah, like they they asked her, like, if Doctor Who were to come back, like, would you, you know, come back? You know, would you be on it or whatever? Huh. Um, so the interview is filmed in like some retail store. She's like sitting at a table and behind her are like shelves of Buffy the Vampire Slayer action figures and like sure, why not sfx magazines and like star wars and star trek magazines <laughs> kind of random the very first thing that she talks about in the interview is her death sequence yeah you did mention that some of these uh-huh. are spoilers yeah that's why i'm saving this for the end of the episode yes. she she actually really enjoyed that sequence cool she mentions in the interview having gotten shot with a bullet that has poison that makes you age, which is not quite what happened. But, you know, like I said, this was like decades later that she filmed the interview. So I can't blame her for misremembering. Yeah. The interviewer actually asked her if the BBC had offered her an ongoing role as Sarah Kingdom, as the doctor's companion, Uh would she have accepted it? Uh Uh-huh. And she said, no, definitely not. Oh. She was basically, like, too young to want to be a series regular. Hmm. Wanted to just, like, you know, keep doing different roles in different shows. From what I understood elsewhere online, she was a pretty popular actress and, like, in demand. So she might not have wanted to, like, get locked down into a series regular role and not be able to take other stuff. Okay. I mean, you know... She's saying this with the benefit of hindsight, perhaps not wanting to sound bitter. So I'm going to take that with a grain of salt, but I'm glad she can at least uh, say that now, and I'm glad that she had other roles. Mm -hmm. Well, she she said that the only time she ever took a series regular role was in a show called Upstairs Downstairs, which she apparently, like, co-created. Oh, nice. I've heard of that. Oh, cool. I had not. So that's fun. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's referring to like, you know, the um, upper class people who tend to tended to live in like the upstairs rooms of houses and the servants who tended to Uh, live in lower, lower downstairs rooms of houses. That makes sense. So yeah, it was a fun little interview. Cool. It's like seven or eight minutes long. So, you know, not too bad if you want to go check it out on the website that you can find loose cannon videos on 
Very cool. Gene Marsh does apparently have one more role on Doctor Who, but it's not for like several years from now. All right. Well, I'm sure you'll remind us and uh, we'll talk about her ancestor and or descendant at that time. Uh Uh-huh. Well, and of course, Sarah Kingdom is already the descendant of Princess Joanna, so... Oh, that's true, that's true. We'll have to see, like, where this other character fits into the genealogy. The full timeline. Family tree, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, Well, any other notes before we wrap it up? Um, I think that was all I had. All righty. Well, uh... We would like to thank uh, Circuit23 for the awesome theme song that he made for us. You can check out his album Men's Vermis on Bandcamp and uh, his other music on SoundCloud and there's links in the show notes. And you can email him at circuit.23 at gmail.com. Thank you, Kyle, for watching Doctor Who and telling me all about it. And thank you, Benny, for listening to me talk all about Doctor Who. And thank you, listeners, for listening to me, listening to Kyle talk about Doctor Who. We'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email us at thedoctorswatcher at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts and uh, tell a friend. Indeed. And come back in two weeks to hear all about War of God Rocknarag. Yep, see you then, listeners. Bye. Bye. Our only plan is to destroy the Dalek. You were both able to fool the others, but you can't fool me. Where is the old man, the one you call the doctor? We were looking for you. Yes, of course, and that's why you came here. Now do stop this masquerade! I know he is trying to usurp my position with the Daleks. That is absurd. The doctor's always fought the Daleks. Why would you believe us? We don't know where he is. Yet I find you at the entrance to the Daleks' secret headquarters. I know the doctor's here and that he's trying to take my place. But I'll soon change that. Why can't you understand that Daleks do not make allies? Save your friend, Stephen. You'll never convince him. I tell you he's mad.